Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Curiosity.com. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about why you should not add oil to your pasta water, a simple way to help kids think better, and why your dog's paws smell like corn chips. Let's satisfy some curiosity. Today, we're debunking a common myth about cooking pasta. Have you ever added oil to your pasta water because it supposedly keeps the pasta from sticking together as it boils? Well, if you have, then stop. Here's why you shouldn't and what you should do instead. The problem with this comes down to a fact that everybody knows. Oil and water don't mix. No matter how hot the water or how rolling the boil, water's polar molecules won't mix with oil's nonpolar molecules. That means only a tiny bit of the oil, if any at all, will even make its way onto the pasta as it boils. In fact, adding oil actually does more harm than good. The pasta will get up close and personal with the oil once you drain it. At that point, all the oil is good for is leaving a slick coating on the pasta, and that will thwart any sauce that attempts to stick to it. Pasta sticks when the starch molecules within it absorb so much hot water that they burst. But this only happens at the beginning of the cooking process. Eventually, all that starch dissolves and washes away, leaving the pasta smooth again. The trick to stopping the pasta from sticking to itself is to keep it constantly moving. That's why recipes recommend using a huge pot and lots of water, and also why you should stir the pasta immediately at the beginning, then periodically for the rest of the cooking time. If your problem is keeping the pasta from sticking to itself once it's done, there are a few easy fixes. First, obviously, is to try to time your pasta so that it finishes with everything else. In fact, combining the pasta with the sauce when both are still hot is the best way to ensure that the pasta absorbs the most sauce. Your other option is to save a little bit of pasta water and use that to loosen the pasta when you're ready to serve it. That does double duty, since the starch dissolved in the water helps to thicken the sauce. Then, voila! Perfect pasta. It's actually perfect after you put in the cheese sauce packet. Oh, man. Are we talking like the, the blue box of macaroni and cheese right now? Any box of macaroni and cheese. Get some mac and cheese, pour a bag of peas in there, a little bit of tuna fish. Mm. Whoa, boy. Them's fighting words. I don't know. I'm an advanced mac and cheeser. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> Researchers have found a really simple way to help kids think better, and that is reminding children of their many roles. Roles like friend and neighbor and daughter, stuff like that. Doing that can lead to better problem solving and more flexible thinking. And that's both for schoolwork and when it comes to their fellow humans. And this conclusion comes from a Duke University study of 196 children ages 6 and 7. In one experiment, the first group of children was reminded of their various identities. The experimenter would point to a cartoon child and say something like, Look at this girl. She's a reader. And she's a friend, too. Are you a reader? Are you a friend? And that continued until the child was reminded of eight different identities. A second group of children got reminders of eight of their physical attributes. Like, she has two feet and a mouth. Do you have feet? Do you have a mouth? And next, all the children played a series of games to test their creativity and problem-solving skills. And the kids who were reminded of their various identities did better at the games. Like, in one game, the children saw a picture of a bear gazing at a honey-filled beehive 
high up in a tree, and it challenged them to figure out how the bear could get the honey. The kids who were reminded of their many identities had more creative ideas, like finding a new use for a bowl by flipping it over so that it becomes a stool. And those children also showed more flexible thinking about social groupings. So, for example, when they were asked to categorize different photos of faces, they identified smiling faces versus unsmiling ones and old ones versus young ones. But the other children mostly just grouped the faces by race and gender. The scientists think this has to do with a tendency in our society to only think about ourselves in connection with one important group at a time. But when we remind kids that they have various identities, they think beyond our society's default categories. This could be an easy way for parents and teachers to expand every child's horizons. If you're a dog owner, you may have noticed something weird about your pooch. Dog paws and ears very often smell like corn chips or popcorn or cheese. And that raises a question. Why? Well, just like humans, dogs are home to trillions of bacteria, yeasts, and other microbes that usually form a stable community called a microbiome. That might sound gross, but it's actually good for us and our canine companions. The bacteria and yeast on the outside of the body often feast on organic material made by the skin. Researchers don't know exactly what compounds are common between dogs' paws and dogs' ears, but there's good reason to think they're pretty similar to what's produced by human skin. And that's an area that has been thoroughly researched. Likewise, researchers haven't taken a comprehensive inventory of all the microbes you'll find on a pooch's feet or in their ears, but it's also probably similar to those on humans. And that is a super spicy topic of research at the moment. So while we don't know what causes that corn chip smell, here's what researchers think. Number one, dog skin produces sweat, especially around their paws. Yeah, that thing you heard about how dogs don't sweat, it's a myth. Dogs do, in fact, sweat. Number two, dog skin also produces oils, also known as lipids. And number three, both dog feet and dog ears are perfect places for bacteria to thrive. Lots of folds and crevices, nice and warm. Plus, paws are touching everything all the time, so they have a chance to pick up lots of microbes. One species of bacteria on both dog and human skin is in the genus Corynebacterium. It turns lipids into two compounds with complicated names, so I'll call them by their nicknames, TMHA and 3H3MH. Both of these smell kind of cheesy, with a touch of rancid. When they interact with water or sweat, those molecules can break down into other compounds with similar scents. You probably just take a shower before that can happen. I know what you're thinking, but rancid cheese isn't corn chips. And yeah, that's totally right. There are lots of microbes on your dog's skin, and we still don't definitively know which one causes that corn chip smell. But who knows? Maybe the discovery of corn chippy bacterium good dogum is just one research project away. Sounds like an interesting e bacterium idea gum ball head. Is that is that your attempt at creating a, a scientific name? Yep. <laughs> I like the gumball part. Thank you. I'm never doing that again. <laughs> <laughs> 
Let's wrap up by recapping all the things we learned today, starting with don't put oil in your pasta water. Because once you drain that water, the oil will actually stick to the noodles and keep sauce from sticking to your noodles. I don't know about you, but I like sauce. So instead, just save a little pasta water for when you're ready to serve it. That starch that dissolved in the water will help thicken the sauce. And thick, delicious pasta sauce. That's what I'm talking about. I have heard this advice before, and I had a really hard time at first figuring out how to save the pasta water because... Right. The way that I drain pasta is you put the colander in the sink and you pour all the pasta water into the colander and then the pasta water is down the drain. So where at what point do you save the water? I figured out it seems kind of obvious, but you get a little measuring cup and you dip it in the water before you pour out the pasta. Or some people actually pull the pasta out of the water with a utensil by itself without pouring it at all, which I think is too complicated for me. But those are two ways. You could also put it in a thermos, and then next time you go on a walk, you could drink some hot, hot pasta water. Mmm, starch water. <laughs> Yum. <laughs> Nasty. <laughs> I mean, I bet that there's like some athlete that swears by that. Like, mmm, carb water, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's got their thing. You never know. Well, we also learned that you can help your kids problem solving and critical thinking skills by reminding them of the different roles they have. That helps kids see how they're connected with different groups, and that can bring out more creative ideas. Like Cody is a podcaster and a gamer and a father and a husband and uh, a, a Chicagoan. <laughs> I don't know what else you are. I have to think of eight. I can't. <laughs> now, you're an athlete and a runner. Are those separate or no? I considered myself a runner before I considered myself an athlete. The athlete label was like a big step. And I was like, I'm not an I'm not an athlete. Am I an athlete? And it was, you know, because athletes are like they're way up there in my mind. Yeah. Right. Like athletes can like run multiple marathons, do a bunch of pull ups and like, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah. OK. I do consider myself an athlete. Sweet. I think everybody listening also does. And we also learned that we're not exactly sure why parts of your dog, like their paw and their ears, smell like corn chips. But it's probably because bacteria thrive in those parts. And that includes a species of bacteria that breaks down lipids into molecules that smell pretty rancid. The microbiome may be pretty important, but nobody ever said it necessarily smelled good. Man, we've been on a microbiome kick lately. That's like the hot thing for us. Yeah, it's a hot topic for science, too. I mean, we're learning new things all the time. Microbiome's awesome. Yeah. Get your microbiome curiosity t-shirts at uh, microbiomecuriosity.tumblr.com. <laughs> don't do that. No, don't do that. Today's stories were written by Ashley Hammer and Grant Curran and edited by Ashley Hammer, who's the managing editor for Curiosity Daily. Script writing was by Cody Goff and Sonia Hodgen. Today's episode was produced and edited by Cody Goff. Boil some pasta. That's a spicy meatball. And join us again tomorrow to learn something new in just a few minutes. And until then, stay curious. 